welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network who could have a talkative 45-minute conversation with DJ LeMayhew and Corey Kluber. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Hello, Jordan. Uh, that's one of the nicest things you've ever said about our own podcast. Very, very generous. I'm not even convinced we could do that. Uh, but maybe one day we will attempt it. Uh, that is of course going to be one of the many things we are going to be discussing on this episode of baseball barbecue. Uh, of course, we are going to begin by talking about the situation with Mets, former Mets GM, Jared Porter. We'll begin with that. Uh, we also have plenty of transactions to discuss. We're going to be talking about LeMahieu and Kluber to the Yankees, talking about the Blue Jays finishing second on all of the spicy free agents and trades. We're going to talk about John Lester not going back to the Cubs because they are uh, our poverty franchise champions. We're going to talk about... Spoiler! Sorry. We're going to talk about Yoelki Cespedes signing with the White Sox. And of course, we'll be talking about the Joe Musgrove trade that just happened. All after this. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, biggest news in the sport right now. We're going to start with that. Jared Porter, who was the Mets general manager, was fired early Tuesday morning after it came out late Monday night in a story on ESPN by Mina Kimes and Jeff Passan that Porter had sent explicit text messages and harassed a female reporter um, back in 2016. This came to light in the story uh, that Passan and Kimes wrote on Monday evening. Porter with it's only with the Mets for like three weeks. He was hired back um, in December to be their general manager. Yes. And of course, the obvious and important place to start with this conversation, which we do not need to belabor, is that this is heartbreaking and sad. Of course, if you read the story uh, by Jeff Passan and Mina Kimes on ESPN, uh, you understand that this was a reporter who was essentially scared out of the industry because of this situation that Porter put her in. Um, it is despicable and horrifying behavior that is unfortunately far too common in this world. Uh, and to think that someone who, of course, was just hired to be entrusted with this kind of organizational power uh, had this kind of history was very upsetting. And it's good that the Mets swiftly took care of this, as I think everyone last night was expecting that they would. And you bring up the word power, and that's obviously very important here. And kind of the the main thread of this particular story and many stories like it, which is that Jared Porter within the baseball world holds and well held a lot of power, right? And a lot of influence and has the ability to essentially, you know, legitimately help someone along their career. And it's clear that he was interested in getting something in return for that. And like you said, that's despic despicable. And the Mets firing Porter is like 45% of you know, 50% of what needs to happen, what they need to do. And, you know, people scream, support women, you know, hire more women. But this is part of the example of why that needs to be the case and how, how such a male dominated industry, which baseball is, leads 
to people like Jared Porter gaining more power, not having their power checked and doing disgusting, despicable and misogynist things from those positions of power. Yeah. And I think uh, the thing is, is this is such an extreme case um, that like, of course, they should and did fire him. And like that should have been the bare minimum. And like you said, that's the beginning of it. Um, But I just saw a tweet from our good friend and former podcast guest, Lindsay Adler, uh, basically saying like, these actions were extreme. It's a clear situation that requires obvious action. Most of these incidents are not as cut and dry and do not exactly. lend themselves to easy solutions. And that's a good, helpful reminder that there are a lot of situations that are more in the gray area of something that is so obviously harassment that are still problematic and is the kind of behavior that very, very quickly needs to be taken out of not right. just sports industry but obviously you know society at large so for um, every jared porter story that gets a full write-up from passin and kimes at espn there are 10 you know more than 10 there are 100 that never see the light of day right and and that's just something to remember that when he gets fired you're just cutting off the tip of the iceberg you're not really fixing the problem from the roots mm-hmm. um that and that problem is will take a lot more work for a lot more people yeah uh, to get there. like, but, um, it's one thing to be like, "Woo, Kim Ang," but like yeah. that, you know, Kim Ang's hire is a huge deal. But you know, it's not done. It's not even no. close. No, no, there's uh, there there's a lot uh, of work that still needs to be done. But um, you know, again, I don't want to say the Mets. Oh, so proud! Like, yeah, the Mets did the obvious thing. I'm glad they did it quickly. I'm glad this didn't drag out. I'm glad that they can hopefully put this behind yeah. them too. Um, but you know, the organizations deserve criticism. Uh, the leadership deserves criticism. The Cubs deserve criticism. We don't have to, you know, go go into all of the the history of this this issue, but uh, we obviously wanted to address it because it is pretty shocking to have a report dropped and a GM fired in a matter of nine hours. That is a crazy thing, yeah. but it is a deserved uh, termination. And uh, the Mets will will move on. And you know, Sandy was in charge anyway, so you know yeah. they'll they'll figure out a GM and whatever. That's not really that important right now. Yeah, I. I 100% agree. And like, you know, you don't need two 25-year-old dudes to tell you that mis- misogyny and sexism in baseball exists. Yes. Uh, so that is that is uh, the obvious. Uh, it is huge news. Um, again, like I said, glad the Mets addressed it as necessary. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see how the story evolves. But um, I'm glad that they they took swift action. Uh, as Far as the floor, baby. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay, Jake. Now that was shocking news that when we were thinking yesterday about what we were going to be talking about this part, we already had plenty else to talk about, and we have uh, plenty more to talk about. Uh, in fact, one of these moves transactions that we want to get into it does involve the Mets a little bit tangentially in this three-way trade that was made official just a couple hours before we uh, hopped on here, and that is the fact that Joe Musgrove, a pitcher who made eight very good starts for the Pirates, <laughs> the worst team in baseball in 2020 was traded to his hometown San Diego Padres who continue to stockpile their rotation in exchange for a bunch of prospects that are good. I'll talk about one of them in a second, but not Mackenzie Gore, none of the the top guys. The Padres keep on reloading. They get Joe Musgrove. Joey Lucchese goes to the Mets. Prospects go to Pittsburgh. What was your reaction to this trade, Jake? Uh, I saw a tweet from someone that was like, how the hell do the Padres have room on their roster for all of these players? And... That got me thinking about something that you and I have talked about in the past, but the Dodgers, where it always feels like the Dodgers are carrying 40 people on their 25 player roster at all times, right? It's like, are they hiding in the locker room? 
how many guys are you phantom DLing or ILing at any given time, right? And if you look at the Padres as a foil to the Dodgers, it's hilarious to think about, right? Because the Padres are chasing LA, mm-hmm. right? That's it. That's their kind of blueprint. And I just love that we now have the same vibe about the Padres that they have 85 players on their team, which is what the Dodgers have always felt like through their current run of success. Exactly. And I think that's that's the obvious place to start any conversation about all these Padres moves is, okay, are they are they as good as the Dodgers now? Every single move inches them closer, closer, closer. And last night, just for fun, I basically just went on a Google sheet and just put their projected 26 men next to each other. And I was like, oh, is this going to end up closer? And let me guess. No, let me guess. No. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying we are getting, we are getting there. We are getting there. I don't know how many more moves the Padres have in them. And I'm still going to trust the Dodgers machine to still be the better baseball team. And the Padres are banking on a lot of (laughs) unknowns, a lot of talent, right? Obviously very exciting team, but a lot of injury question marks and a lot of small sample sizes, right? We don't really know how good Joe Musgrove is. I, I like him. I think it's a good, it's a good, you know, maybe relative. Joe Musgrove, low, but... perpetual fantasy sleeper. Joe <laughs> right. Musgrove, always one year away from that breakout you're waiting for. <laughs> exactly. And you, Darvish, we love you, Darvish, but like, oh, well, he, he sucked less than two years ago, right? So it's like a lot of question marks, but they do rotation wise. It's, it's getting pretty close. But then, I mean, when you look at the lineup, I mean, besides, you know, Machado over the third third base hole that exists right now with the Dodgers. You're still taking the Dodgers at almost every position. I mean, as much as we love Tatis, they have Corey Seager and the outfield is still Bellinger and Betts. So they're getting closer and I commend them for that. And when you say when they get Hassan Kim and you're like, whoa, where is he going to play? That's a good thing, right? That's the whole Dodgers plan is where is he going to play? Oh, well, we have too many good players. That's a great Oh, we're just going to give $50 million to AJ Pollock. Like (laughs) that's what juggernauts do, right? Exactly. And by the way. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers still go out and sign Ozuna or something like that. Like that right. would not be at all surprising to see that them have another move in them. But, but Hey man, like good for Preller. Like, like we said, like just right. because you're not as good as the Dodgers doesn't mean you shouldn't still try to get closer to them. If all the Padres ifs hit for them, then it's close, but the Dodgers just have fewer ifs. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And would I want to go into the season with the Padres ifs instead of like the fucking Mariners ifs? Oh yeah, for sure. Like duh. But like there are still ifs there for the Padres, but Musgrove does give them depth. And like you said, we always love a pitcher who gets to play in their hometown. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the more interesting just world baseball things that exists is how in the Cuban National Baseball League, players frequently will just play on the team from where they're from. Mm -hmm. And they'll, you know, they'll grow up in an area and they'll play for that team and they live where they are from and they play on the team where they're from. I just think it's always cool when like, you know, Joe Musgrove is just going to, you know, maybe drive by his high school every day on the way to Petco Park. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it, it's 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 an obvious uh, storyline, but um, especially uh, in a trade, right? Because yes. you could maybe choose to sign to go home or whatever, but to have this and, and Musgrove's been in, in trade rumors for the last, you know, six, seven months, and he could have ended up in Toronto. He could have ended up in Anaheim. He could have, who knows, um, but to end up in San Diego. And, and what a win. I just want to kind of reflect here on, on how how good of a, of a couple of years. And I know he was just on the worst team in baseball, but he gets traded from Houston just as shit is about to hit the fan in Houston, right? He wins the World Series mm-hmm. there. He gets that whole experience. What a, what a time. He goes to Pittsburgh. No expectations. Nobody's watching. Has eight great starts. And then gets... <laughs> 
pulled out and traded to the most exciting team in baseball in his hometown. What what a run for Joe Musgrave! I'm, I'm, I gotta I gotta be uh, be happy for his his convenient circumstance. <laughs> but one of the uh, other wings, other branches of this trade is that the Mets kind of just poked their head in and were like, "Hey, can we take uh, Joey Lucchese off your hands?" And right. I think to talk about Joey Lucchese, I want to bring in Baseball Barbecue's Italian baseball correspondent, Bobby Wagner, to talk about Italian baseball icon Joey Lucchese. Bobby, you there? Hey, I'm rooting here. Now, even <laughs> rooting, though your last I'm name is Wagner, Starter I'm rooting here. for Lucchese here. We should be, I just want to clarify, your last name is Wagner, not Italian. Yeah, Wagnerini. But, <laughs> Wagnerini, but you are Italian, You correct? I am. I think I'm actually... Like a hundred percent Italian, but you know that's that's trusting some some DNA tests that my parents have done. So who knows? I don't trust that shit. So your favorite team now my has favorite team a man named Joey Lucchese on it. Yes. How does it gabagool? It it feels good. He also looks like the type of dude that would like have a sauce before going out on the mound. You know, he's just like thirty minutes before first pitch sauce. Over pasta, sauce, over gnocchi, sauce, just in general, just a bowl Gravy. of sauce. Yes. Uh, I call it sauce where I'm from, but I, I recognize the folks who call it gravy. Uh, I'm happy Jake. I'm happy to have Joey Lucchese, and I'm happy that uh, he's a versatile, legitimate Major League Baseball pitcher who I think had a really good year in 2019 and a really weird year in 2020, and that's my on-field analysis. Thank you, Bobby! <laughs> I will say, Jake, uh, two Joey Lucchese things. One, I do think he's more funk than than actually good, but like funk yeah. can still work, <laughs> especially when you're not like really being relied upon. Because like it was as recent as what two years ago that he was like, "Oh, is he going to have to be the Padres two or three starter?" And it's like, "Oh, ha ha!" Well, now you're not good enough to be on the Padres. Well, we we watch Clayton Kershaw, and we're so used to Clayton Kershaw being in our lives that we sometimes forget how fucking nuts his motion is. Like his windup looks so silly, mm-hmm. right? Like his hands go up and he like stops and starts. And mm-hmm. Lucchese is essentially that, but not. Not good. Yeah. Like, and even weirder. as good as Kershaw, right? Yeah. Even weirder. He's got, he throws this weird pitch called the Churve, which is this change right. of curveball. Joey thing. Lucchese is a great yeah. example of, of a player where, like, if you go to a, a, if you're a Mets fan and you go to a Mets fan with a friend of yours in, in the city who's not a baseball fan, they'll be, and Lucchese's pitching that night, they'll be like, what the fuck is that guy doing? That looks abnormal. And like, I'd rather have, you know, a couple weird of those. Look and yeah. wind up pitcher than like you know rick porcello or michael waka so there yeah. you go uh now as i look at their rotation uh we've got jacob Degrom. uh he's pretty good he's right he's good marcus stroman really good carlos carrasco just got him great and now we've got steven matz david peterson and joey lucchese three lefties who give you three very different viewing experiences i don't actually know if joey lucchese is that much better than steven matz but i am sure going to enjoy watching him more uh than steven matz for the mets and i think bobby wagner agrees uh there you go that's uh the joey lucchese element i did want to touch on just one uh side of the uh pirate Mr. Head. uh and that's mr head hudson head uh now the the, the padres for those of you who don't follow the the uh, Major League Baseball draft. That's okay. Um, that's that's what I'm here for, I guess. Uh, Hudson, Head, when he was selected a couple years ago, was like not. The Padres have this thing where they'll every year they'll draft a high schooler that like is not on anyone's top 100, 200 rankings and give him like three million dollars. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, wh- 
Why are they doing this? And then sometimes they end up sucking and then sometimes they end up being just as good as the first rounders. And that's just kind of AJ Preller being really good at his job. And Hudson Head seems to be uh, one of the latter where he is uh, was a, a high school outfielder from Texas who was just like this freak athlete, had a great senior spring and the Padres gave him $3 million. Everyone was like, who's Hudson Head? And he looked great in his early pro ball start. So I think that's a good get for, for the Pirates. Again, they're just building for the super duper 2028 future, um, which is you know, depressing in its own right, but I can't say that I blame them in this case. So just wanted to congratulate them for that. Buying because I all... think that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you go ahead. Well, Sorry, I was just say one more Hudson Head thing, just for a fun fact about him. Peter Gammons, the great Peter Gammons, amazing Hudson Head tweet from today at five in the morning. Peter Gammons woke up <laughs> to tweet about Hudson Head. He said, 19-year-old Hudson Head, a key to Pirates three-way deal, was ambidextrous high school quarterback in San Antonio Roll left, roll right, throw right. That was Don Mattingly at his high school quarterback in Evansville. <laughs> so Amazing. Peter Gammon rolling out of bed and dropping some Don Mattingly Hudson Head quarterback comps as only P. Gammo can. So uh, there you go, great. Pirates. Get excited. G- football. Love it. <laughs> hit him high, hit him low. Uh, it's fine. And may- maybe he'll be a, a outfield Pat Vendee one day. Uh, looking forward to it. All right. That is uh, the most recent big news, but I would argue it is not the biggest transaction that has happened since we last spoke, Jake Mintz. Uh, should we talk about the Yankees? I really don't want to, but we will. Okay, um, let's talk about the it. New York Yankees reportedly have brought back uh, baseball robot and human nap DJ LeMayhew to play baseball for them. I believe it is a six-year, $90 million contract. Uh, they have also brought back pitching robot. Brought back? Uh, <laughs> or brought back, so they've uh, added pitching robot and human uh, facial statue Corey Kluber to be in their rotation. Two of the more stoic individuals in Major League Baseball. One a former two-time Cy Young winner in Kluber. The other has like it feels like he has twelve batting titles, but I think he only has like one. Um, Jordan, the Yankees—they're doing stuff. Uh, I wish I had deeper thoughts on this. Yeah, uh, I think the Kluber one is far more interesting. So uh, I agree. Just, let's let's talk about DJ LeMahieu first. Yeah. So LeMahieu quickly. Everyone was expecting this. The only interesting thing about this is that it was a six year deal for a 32 year old second baseman. But that's basically if they want to do that to lower the AAV, get on the luxury tax, whatever. Fine. I don't know why the Yankees are trying to save money. That's stupid. That's their problem. I would say if you're worried about what DJ LeMahieu is making in 2027, it doesn't matter because hopefully with inflation, a 15 million dollar contract. For anybody in 2027 is not going to sound like very much. Um, You're not going to be worried about the DJ LeMahieu contract in 2027 when Jason Dominguez just hit 68 home runs for the Yankees. Like, it's fine. Like, you (laughs) don't worry about really, honestly, you know, don't worry about anything in 2027. Yes. Yes. Whether it's the Yankees or baseball. Just like let's get through today and let's get through the year. But but (laughs) it is it is a creative way to do it and um. If, they, if that got them flexibility to keep doing more stuff for, again, flexibility within their own own right. restrictions that they are putting, I recognize that, but that's fine. And th- yeah, they I, they had to get him back. He's really good. He's perfect for them and like good for the Yankees, whatever. I would say baseball is at its best as a sport when the Yankees are winning 95 games and losing in the ALCS. Mm-hmm. And I think this contract Great is for perfect that. for that. Huge. Because it. it not only makes the Yankees really good still, but it does not add any more rootability to them as a neutral fan. Any more rootability, Whereas, 
and at puts all. them but right I'm saying back. if you flip, like if, if you flipped Lindor and LeMahieu, like the next five years, they might have equal production. But if the Yankees had Lindor and the Mets had LeMahieu, just from like a narrative perspective, it would be much diff- more difficult for a neutral fan to swallow. Totally. Whereas agree. this is like, oh, like, you know. DJ LeMahieu does not elicit emotion from anyone but Yankees fans. And that's okay. If you're a fan of a team and you have a really good, boring player who does gets a ton of base hits and is like always clutch for you, that is a thing that you should feel good about loving and feel passionate about. But what I'm saying is that like as a non-Yankee fan, I am also entitled to like super not care. That said, Rockies fans, if you're out there and you're like, Man, why didn't we ever get this DJ LeMahieu? This could have put us over the top in the NOS. Let us know. No. BaseballBBQPod at gmail.com. All right. So, but the LeMahieu puts them right back to what they were last year, two years ago. Really good baseball team. DJ LeMahieu is their second baseman. Great. Okay. Glamour is playing shortstop, whatever. We'll deal with that some other time. But they add Corey Kluber to a rotation that besides Garrett Cole has <laughs> about as many question marks as you could possibly have. Uh, in for like eight different reasons, they invest a 10 or I think $11 million in Corey Kluber, who has pitched like 20 innings in the last two years. But when we last saw him healthy was pretty damn good. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, here's the thing. So, okay, yes, he's been working out with Eric Cressy, who's the Yankees, you know, director of health and performance, whatever. So like he knows him better. On one hand, that makes me think like I, I could see that going both ways. Where like, of course, Eric Cressy is going to think that Corey Kluber is going to be good. <laughs> Not that they like shouldn't trust his right. evaluation, but like I also can't imagine him like working all the time with Corey Kluber for more than just the last couple of years, and then being like, no, like he sucks. Like <laughs> he's probably going to be pretty high uh, on Kluber, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, pretty pretty high reward probably, but I don't even think we know that. When I think about Corey Kluber, Jordan. First thing I always think about is the time that I got my wisdom teeth pulled and I was wow, absolutely I blitzed off of the good, good, you know, the surgery good drugs. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has their iconic wisdom tooth, favorite wisdom tooth drug video. You know, there, there are millions out there. Uh, David goes to the dentist is, you know, in that category, obviously. But for me, when I was, you know, a little world up, I was yelling to my mom about the projected starters for that day's Baltimore Cleveland game, which was Wei Yin Chen and Corey Kluber. I have the audio of it. I actually just want to drop in the just the clip of me saying Corey Kluber because it's pretty great. Corey. Corey. Cooper. 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 Corey. Cooper. No, no, no. K. Corey. K. K. L. L. Uh oh. L. L. U. U. E E So yeah, I mean that's that's my analysis. Is that good analysis? Yeah, I no, good. I think that's why uh people people come uh listen to baseball barbecue. There are like every year five to ten pitchers in the Corey Kluber category of free agent pitcher where they're like a little over the hill. There are injury questions. There are durability questions. But the best version of that pitcher is an all-star, right? And one out of every 10 times does it ever actually happen, right? You know, like Josh Johnson went and signed with someone for like a year, right? And it didn't work out. And Brandon Morrow went to a team and it didn't work. Garrett Richards is kind of this same kind of category. Obviously, he was never at Kluber's peak. But, 
you know, if you're the Yankees and you got 10 million bucks and you're going to roll the dice, this is a hell of a dice roll because if you hit, you have a number two starter for the playoffs. And if you don't, there's no such thing as a bad one year contract. Yeah, right. That's the thing. I mean, I I will say there's no such thing as a bad one year contract, but as it stands, it seems like this is going to be the Yankees offseason. Maybe Cashman's got another surprise and it wouldn't wouldn't totally shock me, I guess. But it seems like this is it. We're going to get LeMay good as they should. We're going to go big for a potential, you know, frontline starter who we don't totally know what he is. Um, but yeah, but I, it just, I mean, comparing them to to some of the other teams in, in the American League, like I'm just looking at this rotation, right? If Tanaka's gone, you're looking at Jordan Montgomery, Davey Garcia, Herman coming off suspension, Severino off TJ. I don't know, man. I, and I think that's what Yankees fans seem to be feeling too. So I don't know if they have another move in them, but uh, but this this will be uh, this will be interesting to watch. Um, so there you go. That is the Yankees side of things. Now let's move on to another team in the American League East. Jake Mintz. The ball. Tomorrow. Oh, the ball. No, no, we're not talking about the Orioles. We're not talking about the Orioles. Sorry, and we're not talking about the Rays. We've talked about enough Rays stuff on the show. Uh, let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Not because they've done anything, but because no, they've they tried to do a different things. country. They play in a totally different country. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, if they were in the NHL, they would have no one to play because they would be in a division with themselves. Um, uh, let's let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays offseason. Now, I wanted to take you back to uh, early December when Mark Shapiro, who is the Marky Mark, Marky Mark, who, by the way, the Blue Jays extended during this offseason. So that is, that is a big move that they did make is extend Mark Shapiro. Mark Shapiro had this to say. He said, quote, we need to get better. I am 100% confident we will get better. That can come in the form of four very good players. It could come in the form of two elite players, but we're going to get better and we're having a lot of exciting conversations happening right now. We could get eight very underwhelming players. We could get 15 minor league signings. Uh, we could. It's like uh, we could get like thirty-five baseball podcasters, <laughs> or a hundred and fifty elementary school children. I would love they all <laughs> equals the same. I would love for Mark Fire to to continue that line of thinking, but I think that is a good place to start because as it stands or we right get now, one Mike Trout. <laughs> as it stands right, yeah, that that's the real correct answer. As it stands right now, they have achieved Robbie Ray. Ugh reportedly Tyler Chatwood and reportedly possibly Kirby Yates. Okay. That is what they have achieved so far. Here's what they have not achieved. Let's go back to September. This is such an own. You sound like, you sound like a a Jewish grandmother. Let me tell you what my grandson has not achieved. They promised me. They promised me. They said David was going to be on the honor roll and he didn't get there. September. They, at the deadline, the September hilarious trade deadline, August, whatever, they tried to trade for Joe Musgrove. That happened. That was reported. They were like yeah. almost going to trade for Joe Musgrove. Oh, they didn't. Okay. Now but they failed. Talking. They failed. Okay. Now we go to the offseason. Beginning of the offseason. Remember when Kevin Gossman was going to free agent, be a free agent? Reportedly, mm. the Blue Jays offered him three years, $40 million. And he was like, no, thanks. I'd rather stay in San Francisco for one year and $19 million. Failed. Gone. Rejected. Failed. Uh, Hassan Kim. Fresh new Korean free agent. Oh my God. He's at dinner with Hyunjin Ryu. Wow. Oh, maybe they're going to get him. Oh, they've made a substantial five-year offer. Oh, just kidding. He's going to the Padres. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. Should have okay. done brunch. Okay. Oh, Tomoyuki Sagano. Wow. He could be the second best pitcher on the market. The Blue Jays have reportedly made a strong offer 
for Tommy. Oh, nope, nope. I don't like, I know America's a mess, but I also have no interest in coming to Canada. I'm going to go back to Japan. Okay. No, another L another L. Okay. Liam Hendricks. They used to have Liam Hendricks for a hot second. Remember him? Now he's the best reliever in the world. Yeah. Reportedly he, he went down and visited them again in Dunedin. They were getting ready to make an offer. Oh, no, he, okay. No, went to the White Sox. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Francisco Lindor. I don't know if you saw this. He got traded to. And Liam Hendricks is like a big, he's a Commonwealth guy. You would think they would have an advantage there. Uh, <laughs> Francisco Lindor gets traded to the Mets. As soon as that after that happens, we get reports. Blue Jays, strong offer, high upside offer. They were right there. They were one of the finalists. Oh, but they actually did, they actually did not get Francisco Lindor. So that did not happen. Uh, and then uh, they were also apparently giving LeMahieu offers and Kluber. They also were interested. But again, as I mentioned, they are currently left with Tyler Chatwood, Robbie Ray, maybe Kirby Yates. And hopefully George Springer. And when I say hopefully George Springer, my goodness, do I say hopefully George Springer. Because I would really, really rather see that than him go to the Mets just for the sake of, I think we talked a little about with Bobby, if George Springer goes to the Mets, now it's full Mets World Series overdrive mode. Yeah. And that gets a little overwhelming and not as fun. And if he goes to the Blue Jays, it's like, great, they finally landed someone. George Springer, I'm excited to root for him, not on the Astros. And uh, they they could still be a fun team, but I'm just it's remarkable to see this many second place finishes. They are the early '90s Buffalo Bills of trying to add to their roster, perpetually in second place. They are friend zoning themselves, unable to seal the deal, Jordan. And it's it's hard, it's weird to watch because they're in it, like they're clearly trying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Compare them to another. A team Another, that's not even teams that are teams doing that nothing. Just, like yeah. the Red Sox, right? Who are not necessarily like they're not being aggressive. The Blue Jays are being aggressive. They're picking up the phone. They're making calls, right? They're they're in it, but they're not finishing shit out. And uh, I, it's it's especially weird because the Blue Jays did like the power rebuild in a very successful way, in in, in a way that other teams have not done over the last, you know, half decade in baseball where you see a lot of these teams when their windows close, um they just tear it all down and they start it again. Orioles were good for a lot of the 2010s. Now they're re- full rebuild. Same thing with the Pirates. Same thing with the Rangers. And the Blue Jays were able to go from the Encarnacion, Donaldson, Bautista era to the Bichette, Vlad Jr., Kevin Biggio era in like two and a half years without really bottoming out that hard. And it was a very impressive turnaround. And they've done the hard part, right? You and would it's think, just right, odd. exactly. You would think that that was the hard part is like building that really impressive foundation. But now it's like, okay, just just go pay someone. And that's the thing is, and, is, is, Okay, I want to give them, they should, they deserve credit. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm dunking on them for the last 10 minutes, but it's like, I, they do deserve credit for being aggressive. Um, but like they said, like, I, there's an Andrew Friedman quote that's like, you know, if you are rational about every free agent, you're never going to get a free agent. And <laughs> if they keep drawing the line right below where these final offers are, then they're never going to get someone. Um, and that's frustrating. Obviously, I'm sure there's some uncertainty about like what the hell they're going, where they're going to play this season. It's not going to be Buffalo again. If anywhere, it's going to be Dunedin, which is arguably worse than Buffalo. Although I would imagine 
it's close. hard to say. It's, cl- it's different. It's cl- it's close. I mean, it's a, it's a major league spring training facility, and I imagine most major leaguers would still be more comfortable playing there versus Buffalo. But and major um, leaguers just yeah. fucking love Florida for some exactly. reason. Exactly, you know that was I mean? my thought too. So that if it is Dunedin, then it's probably not going to be as quote unquote bad. Um, but but still, I I still really hope that they can get someone here. Um, Springer would be great, but they even more they have more to do. I mean, they, they're obviously in the AL East; they're still way behind uh new york and probably still tampa so can i ask a weird question hit me do we know how big the playoffs are going to (laughs) be jake let me take you back to day one of the 2020 season when we still didn't know that answer until the fifth inning so if you think i know now before the season which we also don't know when it's starting uh it's a good it's it's a great question but I, i i don't know Actually, I'm glad you asked. If you hadn't asked, I wasn't going to tell you. But I do know exactly how big the playoffs are going to be. And I will tell you right after this break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Uh, thanks for uh, sticking around. Although, bad news, I have no idea how big the playoffs are going to be. That was, that uh, was, I was just trying to hit you with some, you know, radio tease. I, I have no, I don't know. I, I don't have any sort of sources. So. Sorry go about home, that. Seacrest. Yeah, no, my bad, my bad. Uh, okay, Jake, uh, we have more move, uh, moves to talk about. <laughs> and we're going to introduce a new, a new segment that we may or may not be bringing back. Um, but to intro us into that segment, uh, we John Lester. About John Lester, Johnny Lester. Who we're, we're talking about him in a Boston accent, which doesn't make sense because he hasn't played there for like, you know, a decade. John Lester reportedly signing with the Washington Nationals, the latest Cub to uh, continue the mass exodus from Chicago to the nation's capital. And um, Jake, before we started recording, you said you had a lot of John Lester thoughts and we have not discussed this before. So I- I'm curious to see where we go with this. Um, so, so let's go, let's talk about you because, because this isn't like the most earth shattering transaction probably, but this makes me think of a lot of things. So where, where do you want to begin with John Lester to the Nationals? Okay. The first thing is that the fact that John Lester just wants to keep playing baseball. I love that. This is one of my favorite things where old players who are not good anymore, who could go home and sit on their piles of money and like go be a pitching coach and spend time with their family or whatever. They're like, you know what? You know how fucking fun it is being a Major League Baseball player? 
I got to keep doing this until someone says I can't anymore, right? And no one is more that than Manny Ramirez, like going to play in Australia and Taiwan or whatever, right? And so when a player like John Lester of his stature is willing to continue giving it a go when there's maybe not anything left for a team that he's not affiliated with at all, I, it just warms my heart a little bit in a weird way. I don't know. It just it's a reminder that these some of these guys just like really like doing this, absolutely life, as they should because it absolutely. sounds great. Now, now, as you describe him as you know, doesn't really have anything left. Let's let's start there, right? Okay, how how good is is John Lester still? So we just talked about Corey Kluber, right? And Corey Kluber is three or four years younger. Corey Kluber in 2018 was really good. Um, he was an all star, I believe. He was healthy. He, I believe, got Cy Young votes. Uh, yeah, he f- finished third in Cy Young. Okay. Now, John Lester, again, three years ago. Now, I know he's older. 2018, got Cy Young votes. All-star, 118 games. He was 34. Solid, good, mid-rotation starter. And then, 19, we start to see the velo starts plummeting. It's He's starting to get hit more. And then, 2020, in his 12 starts, he was definitely bad. Now, But you know what thought- he does? Do you know what John Lester does, Jordan? He posts. What does he do? He posts. He wa- <laughs> He's about to Washington post, okay? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Since 2015, 32 starts in 15... Sorry. Wait. Holy shit. Okay. He has made at least 31 starts every year since 2008 for the Red Sox coming off of fucking cancer. He has made 31, at least 31 starts every year since then. He made all 12 starts in 2020. He shows up and he pitches. Now, if John Lester is washed, let may, may it be so, yeah. I would roll into battle over the course of a long, unpredictable season with a washed John Lester more than any other washed 37-year-old pitcher. I and I know that you. that is like, you know, probably that's not the best category ever but like no, but i is he's the guy i'm totally honestly i'm totally with you and weirdly i actually feel better about him going somewhere new than staying with the cubs and just kind of like letting it like if he went back to the cubs it would very much be like a all right one last ride like here was we like go. the like, final four years of alex gordon's career in kansas city right? <laughs> right 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 it's like you won the world series and then it's like okay but now like to you know not that okay this is a weird category of change of scenery, but like at least maybe someone different will be like, hey, John, maybe do this with your 90 mile an hour fastball. Nothing hey, bad's going to yeah. happen from him talking to Scherzer and Strasburg exactly. about baseball. The time. Exactly, exactly. And and to be on a new, a new team that arguably at this point is better than the Cubs and maybe isn't as good of a position because they're in a better division. But like, I would hope that this kind of competitor that John Lester is, if anything, we know that. I think that's going to be awesome. And I think that it'll be, I think it's, it's a great fit. Um, now again, like you said, he might be done. He might suck. He might show up and just put a six, a six ERA and then he's, he doesn't make it to the playoffs. Very possible. And we know that he didn't want to do this. This is right. the crazy thing, right? Okay. So we're both here saying like, this is a good move. And I do actually think this is a much better move for John Lester than going back to the Cubs. So John Lester, if you're listening to this, we know it's best for you, not you. Um, Now, the reason this is embarrassing for the Cubs is if you have a guy like John Lester, who is like, you know, he's a legend. He's a team legend. Like, he was such a key part of the World Series win. They 
got him to sign there as a free agent in 2015, and he was just a core of that team. And the contract honestly ended up being pretty good. Like you take that for any pitcher into their mid thirties every single time. And so he should essentially get to dictate the way he wants shit to go. Right. He's earned it. And the Cubs are just so disinterested in it. And the reporting around this, and this is a good transition to our, uh, our next segment is that the Cubs, he, he literally was like, I want to come back to the Cubs. I want to get my 200th win with the Cubs, which is like a silly baseball player thing that I don't think anyone else would care about, but still cool. I cool. totally I like disagree that. with you. Totally disagree. <laughs> I mean, John Lesser cares about it, Jordan. No, I know. It's good. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. It's good. I get it. I get it. Okay. I'd rather have so, 200 than 100 and, So he wants know, to go back, right? He wants 93. to get 200th win with the Cubs. Okay, great. Uh, he wants to to be, be great. That's the team. Like Aaron you said, Cubs, amazing dude. free agent. He, he had... He, wins the world series he's the best one of the best free agents they've ever had um i mean it's not that totally different than cc sabathia signing with the yankees and immediately winning and becoming you know the guy in new york and that that is john leslie not as good as cc whatever okay cc's just cooler too cc's just cooler okay he does that he did everything he said i'll kind i don't even need you to give me that much more money and the cubs were like no we don't we aren't even going to attempt to respect you with an offer even remotely close to what the nationals uh, are willing to give you and so uh bye go hang out with davy and kyle schwarber uh in dc and we won't even we won't even bat an eye and that is the transition to our newest segment uh that we would like to call the poverty podium where we uh describe to you the uh, current uh leaderboard among our uh the the teams that are being lambasted in the twitter mentions as poverty franchise bobby wagner bobby wagner Italian, my maestro, where art thou? What hey, is a poverty hey, franchise? Would I'm you like to define here. that for us? Um, wow, what a complicated question, which I don't have time to really get into the depths of. I think the poverty franchise label is a, a joke that started from fans of the richer teams, the more big market teams, making fun of the smaller market teams who couldn't afford to keep their players. So like, if the Yankees sign away, you know, I What's mean, it gonna, you could pick Mike Mussina. If you just brought up Mike Mussina or you just brought up CC Sabathia, the Yankees mm-hmm. signed away CC Sabathia. It's like, haha, Brewers poverty franchise couldn't keep him after trading for him. So it's like baseball class warfare, essentially. Thanks. Yes, exactly. Um, I think fans should be expressing more class solidarity, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> it has now kind of evolved to the point where we're, we're doing it ironically as we are doing all things online and on Twitter. Um, with, where, with buckets of irony. Where even if big market franchises can't keep their stars or choose not to keep their stars or are crying poor or whatever, we're like, haha, poverty franchise. Yes. And so the fact It's basically now, now in my in my view, a way of making fun of the owners. Because there's yes. obviously there's no poverty franchises. These teams are all worth billions of dollars. That's right. that's the joke, right. guys. In case you didn't need me to overexplain it. No, that's, that's the good. joke. No, the, I, I sometimes I think it's good to overexplain a joke. I agree. I agree. Uh, we did need that. And so because of that, uh, we are going to uh, go ahead and give us our, our top three, our current leaderboard. We don't know how often we're going to do this, well, but as it stands right now. Uh, Jordan, with the, Olympics, with the Olympics in 2020 canceled, uh, they're moving to 2021. And one of my favorite images of the Olympics uh, is the podium where you have, you know, the Latvian backstroke swimmer gets the bronze and the Kazakhstani, you know, person's got the silver and then like the Colombian gets the gold and the Colombian swimmer stands there on the top of the podium crying as the flags are raised and the anthem is played. And that's what we're going to build here with poverty franchises. Picture Picture that. that. We've, (laughs) 
<laughs> raising the flag and playing a very sad uh, warped version of the team's fight song. Okay, so uh, <laughs> third place, third place. Uh, we're yeah. going to go uh, the bronze medal. Um, what a drop off, by the way, in terms of the, the value of the medal from silver to bronze. People never really talk about that. What am I supposed to build like a eighth century axe with this? Uh, the you get Pittsburgh Pirates. Yes. Pa- what Pittsburgh are you supposed Pirates. to build with the silver medal? Are you, you just keep it? You're just saying resell it? Bronze are, just seems are more are like about a pragmatic metal value. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you trading silver <laughs> futures here on baseball barbecue? You haven't oh, been yeah. playing enough Minecraft, Bobby Wagner. There's a big difference between the kind of materials yeah. of your of your axes. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> number three, Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, this is really just because they have been slowly. Uh, chopping away at not just their major league roster, but also we know for a fact their owner is a is a big fan of saving money at all co- at, at all corners, and and so this is more of a you know lifetime achievement award as it is a, where they are currently because if legacy I'm being pick. a legacy pick because if I'm being real, uh, as far as like building a baseball team, I think what they're doing right now is honestly probably smart and reasonable, but it is still uh, not necessarily healthy for the game of baseball, and they are a legacy pick and are our bronze medalist for our poverty podium. The pirate's CV is so long that it like can't it can't even fit on the job application. It's like what do you mm-hmm. even include on it still? What yes. from the last decade of poverty franchise moves? What do you McCutcheon, Garrett Cole, even yeah, the Musgrave one that just happened? Yeah, it's a long it's a long list. They have uh Do I keep and, saying you know, Musgrave? Is it Musgrave or Musgrave? Musgrave. It's, it's not it's not Casey, Casey Musgraves. Musgraves. It's not it's okay. Casey Musgraves. Oh, yeah. oh what a Casey world. Casey Musgraves trade. That was different. Um, but, <laughs> Joe Musgraves, <laughs> but yes, their their payroll, of course, uh, currently sits below fifty million dollars. They have one guaranteed contract on the roster, and uh, yeah, but they are the only team lower than them. Is our silver medalist Jake? Would you like to introduce our second place finisher, the Cleveland Current. baseball team player, folk people? Jordan, I don't know if you saw this, Bobby. I'm not sure if you saw this either, but they traded away Francisco Lindor to the Mets. Oh, I have some news for you guys. I purchased a Francisco Lindor jersey on the internet. Via did you need to like hassle their team store like we did with via the electronic jersey? cash transfer? I paid United States dollars for a Francisco Lindor jersey. Oh, yeah, a blue SD baby. I bought a blue one, a blue one, and I'm hoping mm. that it looks beautiful and it's supposed to arrive on my birthday. So I think you should be vibes. able to expense that. I- <laughs> yeah, I agree. No As comment. A- as work related <laughs> as I've ever heard. Uh, congr- I mean, congrats. It was, are you just kind of rubbing in the fact that he's not on Cleveland anymore? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Poverty okay. franchise evidence. I now have a Francisco Lindor Mets jersey on the way. Okay. There we go. And again, you again. Know, tr- trading, trading away your franchise player who loves you dearly. And it's, it's, it's the no brainer move. And if, by the way, if you're wondering if, if the Boston Red Sox, they, they were competing in this, certainly them in Cincinnati, they were competing in this poverty franchise, uh, you know, 500 meter dash, but Red Sox uh, <laughs> in fourth, they get the, the, the quartz yeah, medal. There you go. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, but, uh, but no, but no, we're going to happily put Cleveland at number two, but they're yeah, not. I one. mean, it, it's not just the Lindor. No, it's not. It's everything. It is the flurry of other moves that have surrounded it. It is the ethos that, you know, is embedded within that team of maybe trying to win in three years perpetually, even though they just won 93 games in 2019. Uh, But Jordan, number one, the Chicago Cubs. Yes. You hear that? Do you hear that? That is a slow, symphonic rendition of Go Cubs Go as the W flag 
rises upside down slowly over a weeping Tim no, Ricketts. Cubs, no. No. He's Cubs, got his hand. No. He's got his hand over his heart. He's certainly not kneeling. For he is atop the poverty franchise podium. Congratulations to the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, uh, how I to mean, throw away, like you said, Bobby, how to throw away buckets of goodwill for dummies. Fresh off of their World Series title, arguably the most iconic World Series title in the history of baseball, except oh, maybe the 04 Red Sox. Like of the whole sport. <laughs> the championship and- of sport. Okay. And to get this this quickly is uh it's tough to watch. And I just have to shout out uh if you want to read it from like a personal Chicago standpoint, Gordon Wittenmeyer on NBC Sports writing about John Lester the Nationals. Go check that out because if you want some some sick Ricketts burns, I highly encourage you read what he wrote uh, because it is some some straight fuego. But yeah, I mean, again, if you can't keep John Lester for $2 million, who's begging you to come back and has done everything you've asked him of, what are we doing? Like that's honestly even we're more just, insulting. We're just hoping all of our, our rich bro friends move into Wrigleyville. That's the plan, bro. Yeah, that is literally the plan. Um, but uh, yeah, not, not, a great, not a great look. So sorry, Cubs. Uh, I, I mean, again, they still have some players I care about, but, uh, (laughs) go Cubs, go just weeping. They've got the Cubs fans in the stands. Just like really, really. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? We're gonna get way under the luxury tax today. Congratulations. And then they cut to Bob Costas with pink eye. That's what I'm envisioning. (laughs) That's the music that plays in the outro of the Masterclass episode that Ted Ricketts taught on how to dissemble a budding dynasty in Major League Baseball so that you can make real estate investments. Uh, Well said, Bobby. Uh, Cubs, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, welcome to the podium. Go, Cubs. Go. Go. Keep going. Uh, We have uh, one... A couple more uh, segments or topics we wanted to address before we say goodbye today. And the first is, of course, somewhat personal to us. Uh, for those of you who follow the international signing market, they know that, oh, July 2nd, that's when all the really good 16-year-old Dominican players sign. Actually, this year, because I don't know if you saw there was a pandemic, it was pushed back to January 15th. July was, was in January this year. July was in January this year. Uh, and so uh, earlier uh, this week, uh, or last week, I should say, they uh, all the teams got to sign their their really awesome, cool young baseball players. And this year, one of them uh, was the half brother of one Yoana Cespedes, which is obviously relevant to us and also relevant to the natural baseball world, who has not been thinking about Yoana Cespedes very much in the last three years. And now free realize agent. there's another one. He's a free agent. Come on, someone sign him. Um, and his brother's I, not. <laughs> let me say, Yoelki got two million dollars from the White Sox. I don't think Yoannis is going to be getting $2 million uh, guaranteed this offseason. But I just wanted to touch on this quickly because um, the notion of having another uh, uh, big eyebrowed uh, Cespedes uh, amazing outfield talent in our lives is kind of crazy. So, Will he be as yeah. good and as compelling and as outstandingly just fucking awesome as Yoannis? Almost certainly not, just because that's how like numbers work. <laughs> work and yeah. chance and yeah. whatever but yeah. you know it's just something to think about something to keep an eye on and you know there's a gaping hole in right field uh in chicago an adam eaton sized hole uh and you know maybe one day we could have lucas giolito and baby yo teaming up on the south side together just a thought 
Yes. Uh, two other uh, July 2nd slash January 15th things, related things that I, I had to share on this podcast. And I'm not sure if you saw them. Maybe you saw them. I don't know. Uh, three things. Okay. Uh, one, congratulations to your Orioles who are actually signing players from Latin They're America. They're giving a shit. They're, they're doing it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they used to just not care and never sign any Dominicans or Venezuelans. This is now they're like, huh, that's there are a lot of good baseball players in there. We should actually invest some money there. So good for the Orioles. Finally signed good players. Number two, the Astros signed a young right-handed pitcher named Juan Soto. Mm. Just wanted to share that. So hopefully at some point in the future. Is he maybe, lefty? Is he lefty? No, he's he's righty. So ah, uh, then he, I don't think it's gonna happen. He's gonna have to be really good to get to face Juan Soto the national. Keep an eye. Though important, like we had Will Smith against Will Smith, and if we get Juan Soto against Juan Soto, like I'm just there. You go. You heard it here first. And then the last one, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but if you didn't, I'm super excited for you to react to this. Did I think I know see, what you're gonna say, but go did ahead. You see the the junior that signed Wilson Bedemit Jr. I did. Wilson Bedemit Jr. signed with the Royals. Um, you know, everyone's oh, I'm so old. Like holy shit, Wilson Bedemit Jr. Orioles legend, Wilson Bedemit. So I July love that. July second slash January whatever day it was is great. Um, I think the draft is very digestible and understandable and accessible for baseball fans here in the States because we just have like drafts for every sport and it's kind of embedded in the sports culture. Whereas, you know, a lot of Latin American international players just kind of pop up in low A the first time you hear about them. But like there's a whole long, arduous at times um, exploitative, but also at times empowering process that gets to that point where you first hear about Juan Soto as an Nats fan right? That all starts somewhere. And like, if you even had any of these tweets from the God, Jesse Sanchez pop up on your timeline, you can just kind of see how important this day signing day is for a lot of these kids. They are wearing their nicest shit. The whole family's there wearing like dress clothes. It is a huge, huge, huge day. So it was just nice to have like a bunch of joyful baseball pictures come across the timeline the other day yeah yeah and and the thing is is just by the nature of baseball and this is true in the amateur you know domestic draft too uh half these guys are never going to make it to double a and some of them are going to be all-stars and we have no idea which ones are going to be which uh, but the reality is they their dream was made when they got to put on that jersey and sign that bonus contract yeah. and that's freaking awesome so i feel pretty good about wilson bedemit jr though yeah, Wilson Bennett Jr. You know, we'll, we'll always bet on the big league jeans. Uh, all right, Jake, uh, we've come to the end of Baseball Barbecue. Of course, we have one more thing to shout out, which I know if you follow us on Twitter, you know we've been all over it. But it is official. The Lee Dome season has concluded. Aguilas are the champions for the 22nd time in their franchise history. And if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched any of the Dominican games and you don't give a shit, here's what you need to know. Juan Lagares put this God. fucking team on his back and carried them from a 3-1 at the series, plate. At the Wait a plate. Sec. Wait a sec. I I haven't even said this to you guys, but what the hell is going on? Juan Lagares <laughs> at the he plate. He basically so what Juan Lagares did was like 2015 end of season Cespedes level like yes. team on his back. 
Right, I thought you were about to say 2015 Juan Lagares season, and I was like, Hold "See, on, no, this doesn't that's, quite that's, add up. that's that's dropping the team off of your back." Yeah, exactly. What Juan, Juan Lagares, Lagares yeah. never seen a fastball that he could hit for his entire career in Major League Baseball, and all of a sudden, I'm scrolling Twitter, and it's just you guys, Dude. you guys, my good friends, posting videos of Juan Lagares he, just sitting fastball and crushing. It's almost it like the field. fastballs in the Dominican Republic operate at a slightly lower velocity register than it's almost they do in like the States. that it's a game of inches it's like that but uh that does not take anything away it was a delight Amazing. to watch him just absolutely go off other notable names carlos martinez was on this team jonathan vr was on this team melky cabrera was batting cleanup for most of this season um, next you're gonna tell me that hansel robles closed it out to win he Hansel did Robles. He, he pitched earlier this year, but he uh I think once he signed with the twins, he stopped playing uh this winter. Um so it's but, fine because he's just a good major league baseball reliever for the Angels now, so whatever. Uh <laughs> not last year. Go look at that B ref page, Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Oof. Uh yes, but Juan Ligaris was amazing. You should again, I if you even if you don't give a shit what we're talking about, go on our Twitter and look at what Juan Ligaris did over the last couple of weeks. Because it was delightful. So congratulations to them. It was uh, quite, and it was a great. It was a great season. I mean, it was sad it was a good without season. the fans, but um, I'm glad that we had some very exciting baseball to watch all the way until January 18th. Dominican Winter League is and always will be a glimpse of what baseball could and should be. Well, Juan Lagares hits a home run in a game, big game seven, and like the whole team comes to home plate. And they're like doing handshakes, like elaborate handshakes on the road. over on the road. <laughs> Over home plate. Yeah. And that's uh, exactly uh, what baseball could and should be. So there you go. Uh, so congrats to them. And uh, we will we will miss the baseball that we've had. You know, all the people say, oh, there's no, oh, there has been baseball. And uh, you missed it. But there okay. might be. Uh, I'm not totally sure if there's going to be a Caribbean series this year, uh, which is a uh, tournament that happens where the winner of the Dominican League, the winner of the Venezuelan League, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Cuba, and I believe Colombia is involved now, all congregate. Congregating is now bad because of the pandemic, but they usually all congregate in one central area and they play a tournament called the Caribbean Series, and it's really fun, really good baseball. Uh, not sure if that's happening or not, but if it does happen, Aguilas will be the Dominican representative. Last point on the Dominican Winter League stuff: thanks to some of you folks who bought our Dominican Winter Ball preview, we raised uh, right around fifty five hundred dollars for charities in the Dominican Project um, uh, Boomstick which is Nelson Cruz's organization in the Dominican Promoting Youth Sports and the Paloma Project, which is a women's shelter in San Pedro de Macorís. That's that's pretty cool, you know, and we would not be able to do that without you folks um, literally Venmoing me all that money. Just whatever, whatever it takes. Hilarious <laughs> Venmo transfer, just like stacking it up. Yeah, all going so to thank the, you guys, the DR. Uh, for, for supporting and following us throughout the Lee Dome season as we continue on in the Major League Baseball offseason. Uh, and I am going to now uh, thank Bobby Wagner for producing this podcast. That's a good and idea. I'm going to thank Jake Mintz for co-hosting this podcast. Bobby uh, Wagner, my favorite Italian producer. Yes. Uh, thank you uh, to the listeners. Hey, Again, I'm can, producing here. He's producing here. You can email us, baseballbbqpod <laughs> at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, shut up so Bobby can produce this and you can listen to it uh, before the Blue Jays sign George Uh. Springer. All right. Bye. Bye.